In this series of messages that begins today, we're going to look at over the next six weeks uh, some folks in the Bible who felt like, as Brother Mark mentioned a few minutes ago, God didn't see them or that they were in a situation that was hopeless or helpless and there was no way uh, for them to accomplish what God was calling them to do. And so they felt like they were invisible. I think some of us feel like uh, there are things going on in our lives that there's no way that because the situation just seems hopeless or we're helpless to fix it ourselves or whatever our circumstances are, it's just too big for us to imagine. And so we feel like God doesn't see our situation. Brothers and sisters, he does. And he shows us from his word several examples of, of how he does. This morning, uh, here's a little secret that, that lots of uh, pastors won't let you in on. Um, often, when we are studying to preach a passage of scripture, uh, the Holy Spirit has led us to it for, for some reason. And then we discover that it, we might be preaching to ourselves. When I found out last night about seven o'clock that I was going to get to preach, uh, I started reviewing uh, Brother Scott's notes and the outline and everything for this morning. And I realized, well, this sermon is written for me. Today, uh, we're going to have a look at Elijah's exhaustion. And the whole point of the message this morning is that Elijah was afraid, not because he was a coward, but because he was depending on himself after an exhausting season of bold faith and spiritual leadership. One of my favorite quotes uh, from history is from Winston Churchill. Uh, no, he, he is pretty much everything apparently that he ever said was worth quoting at some point. Uh, not all of it in... Uh, mixed company, I think. But he, he said this about, uh, about tiredness and exhaustion and working hard going through World War II and everything. He said, the world is run by tired men. And there is some truth to what, he, uh, to what he's saying. Sometimes when we are given a task or given a, a role we want to put everything we have into it, and so we keep going and going and going and going and going. The problem is, if we don't take a step back occasionally, as Elijah will show us here in just a second, we get burnt out, worn out, exhausted. In 2020, this is a... a uh, report of the American Psychological Association. In 2020, American workers saw across the board, now of course there was a pandemic going on at the same time, um, across, uh, American workers across the board saw heightened rates of burnout. 79% of employees had experienced work-related stress in the month right before the study was taken. Nearly three in five employees reported negative impacts of work-related stress including lack of interest, motivation, or energy, and lack of effort at work. 36% reported cognitive weariness. 32% reported emotional exhaustion. And 44% uh, 
reported physical fatigue. That's up 38% over the previous year when the same study was done. Now, why, why would a study of uh, exhaustion in the American workplace have to do with what ha was going on with Elijah? Well, as Christians, the Bible tells us that whatever your hand finds to do, do it for the glory of the Lord. If whatever we have been working at has worn us out to the point that it's hard to worship the Lord with what we're doing, if we're constantly stressed out and burned out, working in our own power and without faith in God, then what kind of worship is that? Right? So a little context to the passage here. Elijah was the prophet of God. He was defending the faith of the Israelites. That's Yahwehism, we, uh, belief in the God Yahweh, the Lord, and Baalism, belief in the gods of Baal. And as the nation of Israel was prone to do, they had wandered away from God, disobeyed his instructions, disobeyed his commands, and they had allowed the worship of these other gods to creep in. And you may be familiar with the story that leads us uh, to chapter 19 today. Elijah prayed there would be no rain, and there was no rain. He prayed and called fire and rain down from heaven, and it rained and rained and rained. And the Lord destroyed the prophets of Baal through Elijah. All of this was to demonstrate that Yahweh was the one true God. And then... Uh, Elijah had to lead in uh, killing the false prophets of Baal, not simply to uh, uh, punish them, but they had to go. And as Mark mentioned a minute ago, there were many, many of them, hundreds. And the Lord, through Elijah's leadership, defeated them all. Now, at the time, Ahab was the king of Israel. And Israel had had a string of faithless kings from uh, after David and Solomon, right? And his, uh, Ahab's wife, some of you are singing the Ray Stevens song in your head right now. I know you are. The next service will have no idea what that means. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, Ahab's wife was Jezebel. She was the queen. She was not an Israelite. Instead of marrying Another Hebrew, as God had commanded, Ahab had married the daughter of the king of Sidon, and she was pretty evil. And so we get to the first part of the passage today. Would you turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 19? 1 Kings chapter 19. We're going to start in verse 1. We're going to, the passage is 21 verses. We're going to get to them all, but we're going to take the first eight uh, here at the beginning. So let's start with verses 1 through 8. And we are reminded as we read it that all Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's look at it together. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. And then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. That is, Jezebel was going to have him killed. Then he was afraid and, rose and arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went on a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. 
And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. Let's pray. God, as we look at your word in this passage, we pray that you would show us what you want us to know from it. That you would encourage us with it to know that you're with us that by your grace you have provided a way for us. Would you strengthen the preacher now as we dig in here? Speak by your Holy Spirit and your word as it's preached and change our hearts with it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So if you're going to recover from exhaustion... There are three things that we can look at this passage and see how you do that. The first one is the Lord's provision. Recovering from exhaustion requires the Lord's provision. See, in, uh, as we read right here at the beginning, in his own strength, Elijah made it a whole day's journey after all of this uh, had gone on with the prophets of Baal and the Lord had done amazing things um, he got scared of the queen. Now, there was an opportunity here for him to trust that because he had managed all of the prophets of Baal, that he would also be able to, the Lord would, would protect him from Jezebel and her minions. But he got scared and ran away. In his own strength, he made it a whole day's journey. But then we see that when the Lord took care of him and the Lord provided what he needed and he sought the Lord and trusted him in faith that the Lord gave him enough to make it 40 days and 40 nights before he ate again. Some of you are thinking about starting the Elijah diet putting that on Facebook and uh, making money on the ads. The next service will have a, an enterprising TikToker who will say, hmm, that guy made it 40, uh, 40 days and 40 nights. I think I'll, I'll sell that, right? The point is, that was the Lord's provision that made all of that possible. The Lord strengthened him to get there. One of the names of the Lord in the Old Testament that we see over and over is the Lord is my provider. The Lord my provider. It's a reference to when God provided the ram for Abraham on the mountaintop as a sacrifice instead of Isaac. The Lord will provide was one of the themes of Abraham's faith and it became one of the themes of the nation of Israel that the Lord would provide all they need all that they needed that they would be his people and he would be their God. Psalm uh, three, five, I lay down and slept and woke again for the Lord sustained me. This is David recording God's uh, provision. Psalm 4, 8, in peace 
I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Psalm 34, 8, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Then Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Over and over in Scripture, we see stories of men and women who have to depend on the Lord to make it the next step. Others in the Bible uh, confess their tiredness. Abraham, Jonah, Jeremiah, and Moses. In Numbers 11, we find that Moses begged God just to let him die. Jonah was so mad at God for allowing the Ninevites to be saved that Jonah asked God to kill him. Jeremiah was so grieved at Israel's situation that he wanted to kill himself. Exhaustion and grieving and weeping and worry even unto death is nothing new. But we have to renew ourselves by the Lord's provision. From this passage, uh, we can see a few uh, ways to access the Lord's provision for us. That he would provide for our exhaustion and tiredness. Number one, we have to stop moving. Elijah had, had done all of these things for the Lord, and the, the Lord had done all these things through him, but eventually he ran out of steam. He had to stop moving. He had to just stop. We've got a, in our world today, we have a pandemic of workaholism, right? Or at least a pandemic of connectedness. Some of you read the scripture with me on your mobile device, probably, instead of taking out the, the printed copy of the Bible. You might have read it on your mobile device. It's a great thing. But did you also get a, a notification from social media or from your favorite news outlet or a text message from a friend or a notification that you had a, another church family member stuck in traffic out here on Lone Oak Road. I found out that there was an accident out here in Lone Oak Road because my phone told me. We stay connected all the time in this day. And that's not always healthy because it keeps us from resting. It, it prevents us from stopping our activity. We have to take time away from those things. We have to take a Sabbath to rest. The Sabbath, the Bible tells us that the Sabbath is not for God, as the Israelites had, had uh, mixed that up. The Jews thought that they had to keep the Sabbath for God's sake, Jesus, who was the Sabbath himself, reversed that and said the Sabbath is for us. The Sabbath is not for God, it's for man. It's for us to be able to rest and recover. 
that we would understand that God provides everything that we need. So we need to clock out and turn off sometimes. We need to take nourishment. We see here that, uh, that Elijah was provided for. The, the Lord gave him, the angel of the Lord gave him everything that he needed. He, he got up, he ate, he went back to sleep. He needed another, another nap. Then he got up and ate again and then kept on going. The Lord brought him uh, to Horeb, which you, you, you may also know that as Mount Sinai, where uh, Moses received the Ten Commandments. The Lord brought him to where he wanted him to be to hear what he had for him next. But in addition to taking nourishment physically, we also have to nourish ourselves with the Word of God. Jesus, when, when rebuking Satan over Satan's insistence that he would provide everything that Jesus wanted. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but, at, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We have to take spiritual nourishment our, ourselves and understand that the Lord provides for our spiritual nourishment through his word, through his people. We gather together and sit and worship together and study his word together. And this is good for us to be gathered with God's people. So recovering from exhaustion requires the Lord's provision. It also requires the Lord's presence. Let's look at nine, uh, verses 9 uh, through 14. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. So he's run up to Mount Horeb, and here he is. He's uh, found himself a cave. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Same answer that he had given before. And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of abel Meheloah, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. All right, let's pause there for just a second. Elijah had convinced himself in his run out to Mount Horeb 
And it was certainly no coincidence that the Lord had led him there. He had convinced himself that he was alone, that he had done all, all this stuff by himself, and that he, God had forgotten about him. And the Lord asked him a simple question. What are you doing here? Why have you left what I gave you to do as the prophet? Why have you left that work? And Elijah starts listing all the things that he had done. And then he says, I'm the only one left. And one wonders why God didn't just strike him down in that moment. It's the same reason that he didn't strike down Moses when Moses said, I can't do this. It's the same reason that he didn't strike down Job when Job challenged the Lord. Because of his grace, he wasn't done with what Elijah needed to do next. He wasn't done with Elijah as prophet of God. Elijah was just tired. And sometimes... If you teach Sunday school, life groups, you teach an equipped group, you serve on a committee, you work hard long enough, eventually you just get tired. And the Lord, in His grace, is not done with us. The Lord showed Elijah with his question, with uh, his the an his own answer to um, his own question. The Lord says, "What are you doing here, Elijah? Does anybody think that the Lord didn't know the answer to that question already? Any time has there ever been a question recorded in the Bible, or really at any time ever, that the Lord has asked a question that He didn't have the answer to? No, He knew. He knew why Elijah was there." But then he showed Elijah that he had the power of an earthquake. He had the power of a great wind. He had the power of fire. But he didn't use those with Elijah. He used that small whisper, what are you doing here, man? If I can do all of these great things, and I just did great things through you, if I can do all of the, these great things, why do you think that I'm done is his question to Elijah. But Elijah had gotten tired thinking that he was working all on his own. And that might be you today. You have been serving the Lord faithfully here in the church. You've been uh, working. If you, if you believe that the Lord has given you a task and a vocation and a job to do, if you believe that your, that your work is worship of God, it's easy to grow weary in doing those things. Sometimes we just get tired. And we need to rest. Sometimes the situation feels like it's closing in. Maybe you got a, a diagnosis that you don't like, that's dire or difficult. Maybe a family member is wrestling with a sin issue or 
There's some external factor that's wearing you out. Maybe that's the case. And that's, that's the source of exhaustion because those things are wearying. There's a limit sometimes to the number of times you can go visit the hospital in a week. But you're willing to do it because you love the person so much. But it's, it's exhausting. And it's okay to step back and rest. The Lord whispers and says, what are we doing here? Depend on me. Depend on my provision. Depend on me to take care of your need. Psalm 34, uh, 18 and 19. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. But whoever listens, uh, Proverbs 1, but whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without the dread of disaster. So recovering from exhaustion requires the Lord's provision and the Lord's presence and also the Lord's purpose. We read over uh, 15 and 16 a minute ago, and we saw there that the Lord told Elijah to go ahead and get the next guy ready. Anoint Elijah, Elisha, anoint Elisha to be the next prophet in Israel so that you don't have to do this work alone. The Lord still had purpose for Elijah as the prophet. The Lord still had a job for Elijah to do. But he had to rest and from the, the burnout and exhaustion. But that burnout and exha- exhaustion are not disqualifications from serving in the kingdom of God. Just because you're tired, rest. And then the Lord will strengthen you again for the next round, the next season of ministry and work. Once resting time is over, it's time to get back at it. The Lord sends Elijah with that. All right, Elijah, go get Elisha and then get back to work. We were created for good works in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. I think there's some VBS teachers probably singing along with me, which God had prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. As you are serving the Lord, whether you're doing it here at church or serving the Lord in your, in your job or serving the Lord in your family, are you doing that in his power or in your own power? In his strength or your own strength. And, and that looks, the two things look very similar. No, no one can really tell the difference if they're just listening to you or looking at you, other than sometimes we look tired, right? But in your time with the Lord, have you said, God, I can't do this on my own. I need for you to do it. Have you surrendered and said, God, this is impossible for me. Would you be honored and glorified through me as I do what you want me to do? Have you done that? That's one application of this passage to, to not go through life believing that we are alone in what we're doing or that God has left us alone, but to be encouraged that he is working through us.
If you've never trusted in Christ for salvation, as our uh, worship team comes forward, if you've never trusted in Christ for salvation, what are you doing to satisfy God? If God asks you, what are you doing here? Would the list of things that you respond to him with be a list of things, a list of your own works? If when you arrive at the gates of heaven one day, the Lord says, what are you doing here? Why should I let you in? Is it just a list of the things that you've done that you would speak back? If it is, brother, sister, repent and believe. Because the only answer to that question is on the work of Jesus Christ alone. Not me, but what Jesus has done for me. If your answer to the question about why should... I let you in would be on the basis of stuff that you've done. It's not going to be enough. It's never going to be enough. You have to rely entirely on what Jesus has done for you. He, lived, he, he came to live among us. He lived a perfect, sinless, spotless life as the spotless Lamb of God. And he sacrificed himself to take the punishment that we deserved took the punishment on our behalf so that we would be able to stand before the Lord one day and say, on the basis of what Jesus has done, I'm here. If that would not be your answer, trust in Christ today. Ask Him to come in and cleanse you of your sin, to take away the debt that you owe to renew you and refresh you, that you can serve Him forever. Would you stand? In just a minute, our, uh, we're going to sing a song, and the invitation will be open. We'll have ministers at the aisles here. Come and talk to one of us. If you've heard the Lord speaking to you this morning, come and talk to one of us about how to trust in Christ for salvation, or how to join this church, or to be baptized by immersion. If you've never done any of those things, we'd love to talk to you about that. If you want to come and pray with somebody about a situation with which you are completely exhausted and have no hope outside of Christ, would you come and talk to one of us too? We'd love to pray with you. As Mark leads us in, and we sing, you respond as the invitation opens.